Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Life with Lamb. I really appreciate your company and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to, I guess, a podcast that's run by me. <laughs> um, before we begin, I really, really encourage you to rate the show five stars because it helps me out more than you know. And I guess leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, be sure to follow at Life with Lamb Podcast too so you are up to date with all the updates and, and shenanigans that are going on behind the scenes. Um, Victoria Chu. I guess what I think of Victoria is just a bubble of energy. She is amazing. Uh, we met at a Lululemon community event uh, for her first triathlon, I believe, and, and ever since then we've sort of kept in touch. She mentioned her master's degree and as a not so, uh, I guess, competent commerce student who's not very good at excelling in the university environment. I think I feel like I'm cutting myself short there, but uh, anyway, uh, Victoria doing her masters at the University of Melbourne in management. Uh, wanted to just get her, I guess, perspective and insight into how that's going for her and how she's juggling such a busy life. Because if you follow that woman on Instagram, my God, she is up to everything under the sun. Um, we talk about her growing up in. Um, in overseas countries and then how it was moving into England, which is a predominantly, I guess, white environment. And she just talks about how she navigated a lot of the conversations she had to face um, due to, I guess, uneducated people. And she talks about her rugby journey and how she's been able to balance her rugby, uh, I guess, successes and her educational journey and career path. She really talks about Um, I guess, like, what she has planned in terms of balancing uni, balancing Lululemon, balancing sports, and, and basically balance. Let's just, let's just put the concrete there. Victoria, she's got her head screwed on, and she knows what she's up to, so I really hope, if you're listening, you can take a lot out of this episode, because I sure learnt a hell of a lot, so let's get right into it. Yo! I think the main goal for this is just perspective. perspective. Don't dwell on, on things you've done in the past too much because they are part of the reason why you are who you are. Look on the bright side of, of uh, situations that don't look so good. Try and see a bright side or look at it from a different angle. The best thing for me to do is not feel guilty about the position of privilege I'm in, but it's to use it. What do you have to say for those as we tee off. I mean, if you're not listening to Life with Lamb, then there's something seriously wrong with your life. You're missing out. Perspective. Perspective. That's, that's life. That's life. Life, life with Lamb. Yeah, Life with Lamb. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Welcome back to another episode of Life with Lamb. Today I'm here with Victoria. Hello, hello. How are you going? I'm very well, thanks. That's good. Um, I guess let's dive straight in. What's been happening recently with you? Oh, um... I don't know. (laughs) Well, we recently did a various class, um, so that was fantastic. I don't know about you. (laughs) (laughs) It was tough, like hands down, one of the toughest workouts, um, but definitely really good to get in. Like it tests your fitness, I think. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Um, Barry's boot camp is uh, what? What would you say it is? Like a mix of running, mix of hit. Mix of hit, everything really. Yeah. It encompasses everything, and like the fact that the music's loud, it's like super upbeat. It's like a 
workout club, really. Yeah, you know what got me? It was like the red lights and yeah. like looking at you, looking at yourself, like yeah. working out. You're like staring eye to eye with yourself. You're like, it's very confronting. It is very confronting, but look, it was an experience yeah. and, and we love to see it. Um, I think that was that was like one of the first times that we met or? I think we met actually at the Ironman event. Uh, yes, that's yeah. it. That's it. I do remember that. And then we are in the community space at Lululemon. So mm-hmm. managed to re-find each other and reconnect in that space. So that's amazing. Um, for the listeners, who are you and what are you about? Well, I'm Victoria. I'm 24. Um, just turned 24. Happiest of uh, birthdays. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, what do I do? Well, I am currently a master's student. I also work at Lululemon um, as a key leader, but owning the community space as well as the people space at my store. Um, I'm also a touch footy player. Um, for those of you who are not in the Australian system, it's also touch rugby. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and I guess, what are you about? You know, like mm. what's been happening recently in your life in terms of, I guess, study and work and Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those things. Um, well, recently I have sort of made a shift towards um, connecting, I guess, uni with um, work and finding that right balance. I'm finding that when I first started my master's, it was very hefty. I went full steam ahead. Um, just a bit of background, I mm. think, would be good for the listeners. Yes. <laughs> um, so I did my undergrad at Loughborough University in the UK, and I did that in sports management. And then I came to Australia to visit my family over Easter holiday. And then I got stuck here because of COVID. Classic, oh, no. <laughs> classic story. Yeah. Um, it's and funny th- how common that is as yeah. well, which is like so weird right? to think. It's not a unique story anymore. No. Not at all. <laughs> but I found myself stuck here and I graduated virtually, haven't been back since. Um, but two weeks later, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a master's. So I started my master's and I'm studying a master's in management. And what that means is um, basically business management. So going into like leadership teams, um, you got the business side, so accounting, um, finance, all that jazz, the juicy stuff, you know. Um, but I started that full time and it was great to start off with. Like, it Whereabouts? Was, oh, at the University of Melbourne. Yeah, so it's just fantastic uni. Like, it says itself, you know? Like, <laughs> yes. It's a good name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's just been a lot in terms of, like, doing the full time and, like, doing it during lockdown. It was great to, like, keep your time occupied, but I found myself, like, repeating a lot of things mm. and, like, every week felt, like, the same as last week. I'd know what I'd have to do on a particular day to make sure that I'm on top of myself so I'm not falling behind or anything. And I just felt like I wasn't enjoying it. And the whole reason why I wanted to do a master's was so that I can learn the tangible, I guess, theories and be able to apply that in my own life and see that happening in the real world. Um, so that's why once I started Lulu, I s- took a step back and, um, started doing part-time at Lulu and that has helped tremendously in like refinding my, I guess, motivation and passion for the subject and learning, but also being able to balance the two and finding how they mesh really well together. And it's just been like so good to 
learn something in class and suddenly like the next day you can apply it straight away and it's just like wow okay this is why I'm doing this yeah I can imagine how rewarding that is and I remember Mm. like at school like I had a part-time job at Boost Juice Mm. and was doing like business management and you start (laughs) learning like the little systems that go on Mm. and like management styles and everything and you're like oh my god it's all making sense (laughs) and like all these numbers and like why we're doing everything makes sense so Mm. I can totally relate to that and I think that's the best way to learn like Mm. making sure you're in the space and and being active in it as well and, yeah. and making sure you're applying it. Um, I guess, where did it all begin for you? What were you like as a kid? Oh, well, when I was a kid, I've always been sporty. Um, very lucky in terms of, like, what my parents um, put me through in terms of, like, sports. Like, was exposed to lots of various sports. Um, my favourite ones, I'd say, would be, like, gymnastics, um, horse riding. Um, I swam competitively and... That was like one of my main sports up until high school when I had to decide Ooh, which sport th- There is to that do. phase, hey, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's so tough. What was your favorite stroke? I'm a breaststroker. You're a breaststroker. <laughs> I'm a breaststroker. Okay, <laughs> nice. down, like, that was my main thing. Like freestyle, mm, butterfly, I do, but like that's because no one else liked it. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I was like, I'll take the hit. You find that when you're a swimmer in like high school settings, like <laughs> yeah. people just like fray away from butterfly. Yeah. So you're just like, okay, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> exactly. I'll exactly. do it for the house points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so swimming, you grew up with all that. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what else, I guess? Um, well, in high school, when we had to pick sports well there were three seasons I went to an American high school Mm. but not in the U.S. so I was actually oh maybe a bit of background would be yeah let's let's do let's do a whole background (laughs) all right where were you born I was born in England okay um and then I moved to Hong Kong and I have family there and then I moved to Beijing and I came here for a few months and then went back to Beijing and then went to Shanghai and then went to England and then I came here. <laughs> if I, if you guys rewinded after that, I would probably rewind too. <laughs> that's, that's like a lot to digest. Um, how did you find all the moving and everything? Um, to me, I think it wasn't too bad. Honestly, I didn't realize that this was a lot of moving because when I was like growing up, all the international schools I went to, like I've only really been to three international schools. Um, And like when I was in Beijing, I was like one of, I was very young. And then when I was in Shanghai, that was like the majority of my childhood, I'd say. And everyone who went to the American school were like either like diplomats or people who um, like came here because of their parents. So it was in Shanghai, so in China, for those who don't know where Shanghai is. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) As a fellow person who's, no, I'm pretty bad with geography, so... It's all good. It's all good. Beijing is also the capital of China. (laughs) They held the Olympics there, didn't they? Yes, yes, they did. And that's actually the year, um, like, fun fact, my school was actually a partnered up, like, school with the Olympics. Oh, wow. So in the lead up, we had all these, um, like, competitions, especially in, like, triathlon, like, biathlons. We're honestly, it was elementary school. So, like, grade five below yes (laughs) and like we had all these um lunchtime competitions and i'd like enter into them like i have photos and it's like i look back and like oh wow good times good times (laughs) but it was just like they had the whole flag system going up so if you win um you'd go on the podium and then they'll play your um, national anthem with the whole flags and then like give you medals and you know how like at each olympics there's like their 
mascot, you'd get one of those as well, which I still have at home. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That is so, so cute. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I lost track of where we are. Oh, yeah. Track. No, that's I'm, I'm losing track too. Um, so growing up, moving around a lot, mm. um, that didn't really phase you too much? Not too much because everyone around me was um, moving around even more than me. Yeah, okay. It was enough. only when I went to the UK and coming here did I realize that, oh, I actually have moved quite a bit. It, it's <laughs> crazy because, yeah, it's, it's crazy because listening to all that, like, I feel, like, terrified of that and <laughs> terrified of the change. I know it's a, a bad thing and I think it's something that no. I need to, or not a bad thing, I shouldn't be saying good or bad, <laughs> yeah. but um, it's something that, like, I think a, a lot of Australians, particularly people in Melbourne, because mm. we're so comfortable in, like, this space and, mm. and like used to everyday procedures that we're not like yeah. moving around from country to country and mm-hmm. everything um yeah so what were you like growing up you were sporty sporty I guess energetic lots of energy I feel like I haven't changed throughout the years <laughs> that much like looking back at photos I honestly look the same <laughs> just maybe a tad taller <laughs> if I could even say that I have not grown an age it's okay take it take it yeah. <laughs> um and like, did you face any, I guess, because it's an, was it an international school that you were yes, at? Um, yeah. So I can imagine there's lots of cultures just like mm. sort of mingling around with one another. Like, did you ever find it to be a bit negative at some points mm. or because um, it sounds by the sounds of things like the Olympics and everything seemed that everyone was sort of united yes, at that point. Yeah. So. Like, I'd say at school, there wasn't a lot of like, I guess negativity (laughs) um but at the same time I think I was quite young to realize that or notice it um and I feel like I've been quite privileged in the fact that I haven't faced a lot of I guess hardships compared to some of my other friends or some of the stories I hear um but I try to like shy away or like remove myself from those situations um so growing up at school with these like different cultures Um, and being at international schools, we were quite shaded, I'd say. Like, we were Mm. in, like, a privileged bubble. Mm. Like, yes, we were in, let's say, okay, like, when I was in Shanghai, yes, we were in living in Shanghai and absorbing all the culture and everything around in the the city and everything. But at the same time, like, I literally was not far away from school. I I could walk to school, everything. All my friends were around us. It was... It was definitely, like, an expat um, kind of, like, neighborhood. Mm. Um, we had, like, compounds and everything. and um, But one way that the school, at least, like, helped push us out into um, the real world or, like, help cultivate us um, and help us open our minds to the different cultures and um, the different people and appreciate where we really are is to have all these different, like, travels so for example I'm sure like in Australia you'd have like these like grade like nine or ten like go travel somewhere yes, right definitely. yeah I <laughs> so, went to Japan that was oh, amazing oh yeah. my gosh it was one of the best experiences <laughs> yeah. ever yeah oh, I'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> well for us um for these school events at least um we would go to like rural areas of China and we'd like spend about a week there and we'd learn about the cultures and really immerse ourselves so I remember 
um, oh, I've got quite a few stories, but mm. I'll only name one of them. Um, I went to one of this place and we had one day where we had to pack like only one bag. You were given one bag and we would hike um, to the place that we were staying overnight, which was in the middle of nowhere. But the hike was absolutely beautiful. Like we were surrounded by nature and it was just so nice to, I guess, be around nature and absorb what China has to offer. And like all our stuff while we were like hiking, all our stuff was being transported by like um, horses. <laughs> so they're just like gone. We don't know what's happening. But overnight, like we lived um, in like the little huts and everything, and we got to experience what um, I guess an everyday person would experience. Um, and because this was so rural, it was very much like you. All we had the furniture was one light bulb, a wooden um, like bed. There, were, oh, the blankets were a bed sheet that we brought ourselves. Mm. <laughs> Pillows were not non-existent really, and the walls were like um, news filled with newspaper. Mm. Uh, let's just say it was quite the experience. <laughs> How old were you at the time? Um, maybe fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and showering. <laughs> that was that was the toughest i'd say like yeah. we didn't like those of you who have traveled to china um the toilets were not our usual toilets it's those standing squat ones mm-hmm. and like the shower head was literally on top of the squatter so oh, you're like showering okay. and the water goes down the squatter and you're like cool. that is where I pooed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh i i have like actual trauma from <laughs> From those, I think I fell in one when I was like a oh tiny gosh, kid really? in Hong Kong. Oh no! It was definitely traumatizing. It was not fun at all, and Dad yeah. had to pick me up. It was great. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, anyway, moving on. Yeah. This isn't about me. No, no. Would you would you say these experiences and like opportunities that you had um, at international schools and and traveling around and immersing yourself with um, like culture? How has that helped you grow as a person? Because I feel like you'd be quite mature at that point in your life compared to your everyday 15 year old who's on tiktok and yeah. instagram and, and whatever yeah. 15 year olds are doing uh nowadays. T- uh nowadays which like i'm 20 like yeah. i should be just be like oh back in my day but you know honestly they're so young but they're doing so much more than i did back then like it's insane um but i definitely think like one it has definitely opened my eyes to a lot of different things um I feel like I'm more open-minded. I like to say I'm more Mm open-minded and I'm more open-minded to understanding different cultures and like seeing how or trying to understand how people are brought up can help you, I guess, build better rapport or understand where they're coming from. I think that's something that I always keep in the back of my mind when I'm interacting with someone and making sure that like when I interact with them, I'm not offending them in any way that I don't intend to. Because I have found that, like, some things are a bit of a trigger. Like, Mm. yes, I didn't, like, when I was living in China, I didn't experience any of that. But it was actually when I moved to um, England and, like, coming here, that's when I really experienced more of that negativity, I'd Mm. say. Like, when people were, I guess, like, who I am, where I'm from, like, really confused them. And I think, for me, it's been a learning journey of, like, just overcoming the fact that like it's okay for them to box you into something and it's not because they're trying to well I hope that's not because they're trying to like um put you down or like Mm. anything it's just that they don't understand yeah I think like it's 
it's good to give the benefit of the doubt because mm. I think most of the time some people are just barely educated on yeah. the on this on the manner. And I always talk to my friend Farah about this. It's like uh, intention versus impact, and oh, it's that. like a really strong thing that I've started to grasp in my everyday life. It's like, mm. yeah, you might not intend to upset someone, hurt them, um, or offend them, but yeah. in a way, it did. And then sometimes you have to be accountable for your actions in that sense and, and own up for that, even though you might not have in- intended. It's yeah. like having the humility to be able to reflect and say, hey, look, like, I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. I cannot now understand, like, that's how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. And let's, like, move on from that. So I think yeah. that's a, like, what what you just explained is, like, a super powerful way of encapsulating it as mm-hmm. well. And I can imagine, like, all the experiences that you've gone through Mm. And moving to England, which is, I guess, predominantly white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Especially moving to the university that I was at. Yeah. Like, when I was first there, my first two years, it was, like, my course, I was probably one or two people of colour mm. in my course. And I was in one of the most popular courses because Loughborough is known for sports. And, like, I was in doing sports management. So, like, everyone there was, like... <laughs> yeah. you know not a person of color <laughs> yeah not a person we don't of we don't want to which start, is fine yeah, exactly. but like um it just made like it was a bit of a culture shock in terms of like them understanding who i am because yeah. i'd always get asked you know like obviously when you're like making friends they'll ask you like where you're from which is totally fine and what i'd say is like my story and then but sometimes I, like, condense it, obviously. Yes, yeah. And they're like, oh, so you're Chinese. I'm like, yes, I'm ethnically Chinese, but I'm not from China. They're like, oh, you live there, so you are from China. I'm like, no, mm. I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. And they're like, oh, you have an American accent there, so are you from America? I was like, no, I'm not from America. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, like, it's your uh, instinct to be, like, curious and, like, mm. try to understand people. Yeah. So I, I can definitely relate. And... um. I guess my girlfriend and I had that, mm. not like a conflict or argument or anything, mm. but we had that conversation about like, yeah, where are you from or where are you yeah. living and stuff? And sometimes people identify a certain way. Mm. So just being able to understand that. And I guess, like, yeah, we always want to grasp <laughs> onto something and like we yeah. always feel a bit like in a position of weakness if if mm. um, we don't. So mm. I totally understand where they're coming from. But Yeah, again, it's no, like, I totally understand that because like I think for them they want to understand or like they want to say like oh I do understand you and mm. for them to say oh you are this that's maybe their way of saying that yeah um but at the same time I try to give them the benefit of the doubt obviously because I'm trying not to take offense to that and I try to explain it and then if they accept it then they'll accept it if not then so be it <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like in as a person of color it's I guess on us to educate as well and then yeah. as a person of not color I don't know <laughs> what the term is it's like um like you have the position to start to learn and and understand Mm -hmm. and if you have some humility again Mm -hmm. and and begin to accept these like the feedback and and information then i think the world would be a better place 100 percent, 100 percent. um so talk to me i guess like how did you feel personally with this environment you you've come come into (laughs) come into england and you're one of two people of Mm -hmm. color um how was your uni experience i guess well I definitely immersed myself. Um, first few days were tough. <laughs> mm. Like leaving home, leaving my family, saying bye, that was tough. I'm very much a family person. Um, so from then, I was just like, I gotta do what I love, stick to what I love, and just go for it. So I made a lot of my friends through sports, and like that helped so much. So I did athletics, and like, oh, 
that was tough. Athletics? <laughs> I <laughs> respect it. So tough. Like, because I thought it would just be like training and your just your usual like sport. Oh no, like this is some next level stuff. Like, uh, I'd arrive there and so I picked um, 400 hurdles because that's oh my thing. Oh my god. <laughs> well, whenever I hear 400s in athletics, I think of my English teacher in year 12 because he, yeah. he, his goal was to smash for like a 400 meter time mm. that he'd set way back when. But yeah. you, you hear the stuff that he talks about and there's mm-hmm. so much like, um, I guess, strategy towards yes. a 400 yeah. and then you add hurdles into it. And <laughs> yeah. tell us about that. <laughs> oh, like 400 hurdles. I could say is one of the hardest ones um, out there. Like it is absolutely brutal. Like you need to be fast, but you have to go over the hurdles quickly as well. And like you have to have endurance. Like the lactic you feel at the end is uncomparable. I don't think I've had that bad of that. Not fatigue. even berries. Oh no! It doesn't even. compare. Like, oh, no, no. It doesn't compare. Like it's so scary. Oh my gosh! Coming around that last curve at that last curve I can just see myself like going over that and like you can just feel the flush and mm. it's like a battle like of you and your muscle and going over and through those hurdles like it's like anything to get to that finish line yeah like, definitely yeah. and I guess like to contrast as well like and not to um shame marathons or anything mm. but marathons like you can keep refueling over and mm. over 400 it's like over it's it like snap. that yeah over yeah. like that it's just oh my gosh yeah <laughs> Both both aspects, like, I just can't fathom, honestly. Yeah. Well, that was hard in itself, but, like, I think what was actually harder was training with um, the people that I was training with. Like, I was, I felt so lucky to be around them, but they were so quick. Mm. Everyone there who I was training with was either, like, they'd ask me, oh, so which club do you run for? I'm like, club? What do you mean, club? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I, I'm up here. Like, we all know each other from all the competitions. Like, which club do you represent? Oh, wow. I'm like, well, I just moved to here. <laughs> like, Loughborough? <laughs> like, is this not a is club? Is this the club? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but, yeah, they have, like, raced with someone who won um a world championship in 400 hurdles i'm like yep yep she's quick she's quick but i feel so privileged to like race against them but also to train with them because that pushes me and i was definitely at my like peak fitness with doing athletics and like i'd leave my touch train because so i started my touch in my first year of uni when Mm -hmm. i shifted away from playing rugby union Mm -hmm. all of high school um because I was like, so I got a concussion in high school, still continued to play because I was captain of the team. I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to you yeah, know, let my team down. You know? Yeah, yes. yeah. It's going to be a nice finish to that chapter. Um, but at uni, I was like, I never really enjoyed tackling. Like, I feel bad tackling people. Mm. But I did really enjoy the aspect of like passing a rugby ball and like the fast pace of everything. So that's where I found touch. And um, from there... Is it that was, the only difference? The tackling. Um, how how does how does it work? Okay. If you want to do a quick rundown. Okay, so union wise, union there's, I played sevens and tens. A lot of um, like professional rugby, they play fifteens. Is that fifteen um, people on the? Yeah, okay, fifteen yep. people on the pitch. So I've only played the ones with like less people, so a lot faster, especially yeah. sevens. Like, whew, oh my fitness. gosh, yeah, I know, and to like cover the pitch as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same yeah. pitch size, everything. Um, but that's like tackling base, and then now you move into touch. So there's only seven people on the pitch. And how that works is you have, um, like, you have touches. Mm. You have six touches, and the goal is to, I guess, make a try. So that's by placing the ball over the try line. 
um, any drop balls is a turnover, any um, drop passes or um, like touch and pass、mm. is a turnover. So、yeah. that means you give the ball to the、um, your opponent. Um, but that is essentially the main difference, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Just some context from myself as well, because、yeah. I'm not like one with the rugby team、mm-hmm. as much. Easy. But, yeah. yeah.、Um, so you started in high school with、mm. rugby union. Rugby union.、Yeah. And then in first year uni, you picked up touch. Yes.、Sweet. So that's how I got into touch, and I feel like, like through touch, like I was, I was at the right place at the right time. I feel like. Through that, I played for Loughborough. We like went to play Uni Nats equivalent,、um, and then from there, I like every year, like the first two years, I'd be told that, oh, are you going to nationals? I was like, oh, nationals seems like all that mighty and scary, you know? Like, I don't know if I'm good enough. I literally just started, you know? Like, so I would not back myself, and because during like Uni holidays, everyone who was like playing. Is English and their home is in England,、mm-hmm. but I'd like fly back to like Shanghai or like Hong Kong or here to see my family、um, and spend time with them. So I wasn't in the country to play、um, nationals. But then one year when I had、um, my internship year, I went back early and I was just I met someone who was like lovely and I was like trying to go look for a、um, touch club in the area and. She was like, "Oh, like come down, play with us." And then she saw me play, and she was like, "Oh, like、um, our nationals coach is coming. Will come down.、Um, like, do you want to play for us for nationals?" I was like, "Yes, of course, if you'll have me. Like, of course, like, <laughs> <Yeah> . like <laughs> only if you'll have me though."、Yeah. Um, and she's like, "Oh, I'll be fine." And then that's where I got picked up, and then played nat nationals, and then、um, from there, that was a pathway to playing England. And then from there, I was put into that pathway, and then I played.、Um, I guess for like the under twenty six. I guess that's like the equivalent. And we went to like France for Euros, and then we also went to where did we go? Oh, Spain was the last one that we、oh、went gosh, to. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun! Like、oh, being able、so、to travel、fun. the world and play touch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I want to touch back on、um, the. Beginning of it, like、mm. the introduction of nationals. Did you have、yeah. Did you have a feeling of that imposter syndrome, like、oh, that you couldn't、yes. do it and you weren't good enough? And、oh. I guess what was the turning point for you to accept and and have the confidence to play nationals?、Mm. I guess. I think even now I have imposter syndrome, especially coming into Australia and like essentially starting from scratch. Because like I guess I've had four years in England building that I finally felt like I was at the right. Point where the turning point where I was repping England and I was like so just a bit of background again <laughs> um, for World Cup was around the corner when I was just entering the pathway and I was selected as a non-traveling reserve which was a huge like win for me because I didn't even know that was a thing like <laughs> up until that point so I was like wow this is amazing I could actually do this and I guess that was when I was like okay. I can do this, but next time I want to make that team. I was like, it's fine that I didn't make it this time,、mm. but I want to make it now. And now that I've like played here and like, I guess I've seen how the other players are, and I want to develop more. And I know myself as a player and how I am on the pitch. I try to continuously push myself to become a better player.、Mm. Um, finding those gaps is where I guess I lose confidence. Um, but at the same time, that's where growth happens. So, like fighting the imposter syndrome is, 
is a constant battle. You just gotta overcome it. I mm. think, I guess my mindset is just, just do it. <laughs> like, uh-huh. sorry, Nike. Nike. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> yeah, copyright that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, just go for it and just keep working at it. You know,、mm. like, it's always gonna be in the back of your mind. But if you don't back yourself, who else will? You know. And that's the only way for you. Yeah, to I, I I love that. And how do you feel、um, having a competitive aspect in your life, like something to work towards? How do you feel that has, I guess, shaped the way that you go about your everyday life? Because、mm-hmm. there's always the discussion of、um, having something to strive for and、mm-hmm. and like goal setting. I'm sure、yeah. you would know that in management as well.、Um, how important do you place those sorts of aspects in your、mm-hmm. life? Oh, like I think it has huge like connections and like overlappings. Like sports has played such a huge part in my life. Like as you can see、mm. through everything I do, it's、yeah. related to sports.、Um, but I think the most important is that it's built my resilience and my ability to be agile. I think like playing sports, you there's so many things that happen. There's so many ups and downs, and I've had my fair share of injuries. Like. I actually won won an award for being the most injured player,、oh, no. always being injured. So、oh, I don't know. That's is that, a is that an award, award you won? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. It's a very sad award to receive. Yeah.、Um, but yeah, like having to manage those ups and downs like really builds a strong mindset, and having to overcome that each and every time is like, what do I do now? Do I give up or do I keep going? And it's like you really have to work on your patience, I think, and that's something that. I've seen shine through in my everyday life. Like even now, when I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, where my next step is, where I want to go with my career, it's being patient and knowing that everything will fall into place. Just keep at it, keep chipping away, just like practice. You know, every day you keep building those muscles, you keep tearing them apart so that you can get stronger, and soon you'll get to that goal. It's just the same. In terms of your career, like、yeah. that's how I see it. <laughs> I, I love that parallel as well, and I see that with like my training and like、mm. how I approach, I guess, career pathways and、yeah. those sorts of things.、Um, in terms of like building re- resilience and everything, have you always felt that you're a confident person with that sort of thing, or <laughs> how, where did it all begin? Oh, a turning point. I think、um, I don't know. Building resilience, I don't think happens overnight. No way. <laughs> like, If, if you, ha- if you yeah, I know. If you know someone that has done it, please yeah, give us give, give us, us a call. call. <laughs> yeah,、um, I think resilience happens as many times as you fall. Like there is that quote that says like,、um, what is it like? You only learn through failure, and I think that's very much true. And it doesn't matter how small or big the failure is, or failure、mm. is, or even a setback. You know, it's. Not always negative. Yes, it might seem like the end of the world in that moment, but I think there's always positives in those things. Like, what are you, what are you gonna do about it now? Now that you've had this setback, you know, how are you gonna view it? You know, I think that's how we move forward, and that's how you build resilience、mm-hmm. is by saying, okay, this is happening. So, what's my next step? Where do I want to go from here?、Mm. And then that's how you. Yeah,、guess. I love it. <laughs> Would you say there are any like? Tips or tricks that you've sort of adopted over your time playing sports or or educationally, like have you had those setbacks and then what have you done to sort of take those next few steps? I guess.、Like. Mm. Um, I guess like the main or the easiest one would be injury, like、mm. especially. Oh, I'll give you an example. We love、one. examples. <laughs> yeah,、um, a recent one would be I had.、Um, I was training for the. 
Melbourne Mara. I was only doing the half. <laughs> My first long distance, and like it was. I'm not really a long distance person. I am very much a 400 meter. Yeah, no, that is like the laugh. furthest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the furthest. Like I used to think three k's was hard, but now three k's is like a okay. I can just do it kind of mm. thing. So. Like, building to a half marathon was super tough, but I also had touch at the same time. And it was coinciding where we had trials for nationals here, so playing NTLs um, up in Coffs Harbour. So those were the two things I was working towards. But I don't know what happened, (laughs) but I started to pick up an injury, and it was a back injury, Mm. and it would hurt so bad that I couldn't even stand or walk or lie down or sit it was just so uncomfortable it was just so tight so I think that was like a moment where I was like oh I'm old one I was oh I'm old I was like oh my back is like so sore like what is happening I feel like an old person I was like this is you're still very young it's okay you're still very young but like the second one I was like okay like what am I supposed to do now? Like, I have these two things. One, like, I'm committed to, like, my training group. I have a group of friends that we, I've convinced to do this half marathon with, you know? Yes. <laughs> I was like, I can't let them down. And on the <laughs> second hand, I was like, this is the perfect opportunity for me to go to NTLs. But if I don't go to that trials, I'm not going to make the team. And I just had to pull the plug on um, nationals because mm. I was like, I honestly couldn't even move. I was like, I cannot go to that trial. I'm just going to pull that one. And the marathon one, I at least had some time. So I was like, okay, let's get the body ready. Um, And I was given a kind of ultimatum from my physio. Um, He was like, I would recommend that you pull out. Um, And I do not recommend this to any of the viewers, (laughs) but I did push back. (laughs) I would not recommend this. And this is not medical advice. (laughs) I would preface that. Yes. Um, I was very adamant. I was like, I really want to run this. Can I please do this? Um, So he was like, if you do, this is, we're going to have to be really strict with your regimen now. And when you run the half marathon, you have to run it in a five to one ratio. So running for five minutes, walking for one, Mm. running for five minutes, walking for one. And, um, I followed it to the T and I rocked up on the day fresh, which is a great sign. And I did it. Like I just followed that five to one ratio and I made it through. And I surprised myself in the fact that like, I actually did it a lot faster than I expected, which was, I don't know how, but I think it's definitely the Some good physio. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, one physio, yeah, good physio and the people around me. Like, I think there's so much energy in, like, that you can gain from everyone else that's, like, running around you in, like, that environment. Like, if you haven't done the Melbourne Mara, highly recommend that. Like, (laughs) you're going to hit some PBs there. (laughs) But I don't guarantee that. (laughs) Don't come banging on my door. No, we'd love to see that. Um, How important are your networks that you surround yourself with? Really important. I think um, they, in some ways, like, they make or break. Because I think there's that quote that says, like, you are an embodiment of, like, your closest friends. Oh, the closest people you are with, right? Like, you're a combination of all their personalities. And I think, like, who I am is, like, I only... I've only gone here because of the people who I've surrounded myself with and the people who have consistently um, supported me throughout my entire life and my journey to where I am now. So networks, not just, like, in life, but professionally is really important. Like, 
there's that like whole like I know networking is like for your student listeners <laughs> yes um is like something that's daunting like it, I still find it very daunting um but I think if you try to challenge yourself to step out of that comfort zone you will see so much potential in that because um I actually went to my first networking event not too long ago and I went there, I was like, I don't know anyone. Oh, I don't no. know what I'm getting myself into, but I told myself, it's okay. If you don't like it, you can walk away. But at least you went. You went and you saw how it is. Got there, looked around, I was like, oh, it feels so out of my depth. I don't know anyone, but it's okay. I just saw these two people and they made eye contact with me and I went up to them. And then we started chatting and they were like a representative and it just like kicked off the night. And I was like, I was on a roll. Like, I can like, do this. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's just something around, like, once you're in there and you overcome that piece of just getting there, mm. you are able to see so much or, like, you're able to just overcome that fear of, like, oh, the awkwardness of networking because it can be awkward, but at the same time, if you don't put those negative connotations on it, then it's not that bad because essentially you're just, if you go in with the mindset of, like, genuinely wanting to understand people's role and, like, wanting to know what they do and who they are and what has helped them get there, then it's very simple because you're just chatting to them like we are right now. Yeah, you know? definitely. I, I love that so much because whenever I hear network night, like scares the absolute shit out of me. Like I, I'm not even going to lie. And I'm a commerce student. Like I should be going to these network nights and like understanding uh, like the ins and outs of certain mm. roles and stuff. So that's like amazing advice as well. And, and at the end of the day, like everyone's at that networking night to get to know people yeah. it's not like they're going to be there to shun you out or anything exactly, yeah. and i guess that's a mindset i need to adopt as well um mm-hmm. if i do go to any network- networking nights and stuff like that so. i'll pull you along yes please <laughs> please invite me i'll, I'll be your buddy and, yes, and we can, yeah. we can, kick we it can go through together <laughs> hey did you listen to our podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did a podcast a little plug right there yeah i know um let's I think that's a perfect segue into, I guess, your education. Mm. We've talked about, like, your experiences and growing up and, and having the privilege of travelling the world pretty much. Um, what, were, what was your family like on your education and what were you like on your education as well? Mm. I think, like, I would say I'm quite lucky in the fact that, like, my parents were there to support me. Like, I know growing up, um, there's that, like, Asian mentality where there's, like, the tiger parents and that's, like, the stereotype. Um, and a lot of my friends had that, but I think I kind of made a stance with my parents and we have like a mutual understanding where like, I want to achieve something. I, I have my own kind of motivation. I'm intrinsically motivated, so I don't need that extra pressure. If anything, like I told my parents, I was like, if you like keep pushing me or like, if there's so much pressure, like I actually don't think I'll do that well. Mm. So I want to do well. I want you to know that I'm going to do well and I know that you're here to support me but by like giving me that extra pressure of like why didn't you get that grade or like you need to be hitting those marks that's not going to help me and I think they understood that and thank goodness because I think they were really nice in the fact that they saw that and they were Mm. there to support me in my education that way. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing that you like understood your own boundaries as well and were able to communicate that. Do you have any advice or or tips to people who are maybe in that similar position and maybe struggling with uh I guess parents that are over expecting or Mm -hmm. or maybe not communicating in the same way that they'd like them to Mm -hmm. I think the main thing is to really like yes you have your own agenda but also put yourself into their shoes like 
I like to think that parents are there to support you and they want the best for you. That's why they're putting all that pressure on you and wanting to wanting you to do so well is because they want the best for you. So putting yourself in their shoes and understanding where they come from, I know it might be hard, <laughs> but like it's just understanding that and like communicating that with them. Like a lot of it is just transparency and like how, especially with how you communicate that. Like you can say one thing in many different ways so I think you have to navigate it and make it your own but also understand in the back of your mind that they want the best for you and like a conversation can go like like I know that you want the best for me and I see that I want the best for me too and like I appreciate you pushing me to do well and I want to do well but if we if this continue like if you keep pushing me I might not do well or like it's adding more pressure and that's not helping me progress maybe if this happens this is what I need from you and like just navigating what would work and finding that balance yeah and laying and laying the boundaries and expectations from I guess both parties because it's not Mm. just like a one-way street where you're like don't say this to me (laughs) yeah yeah because it really isn't yeah oh that would not go well no not at all (laughs) I can just imagine my parents if I said that (laughs) it's just really reassuring them that we're aiming for the same thing yeah and and you have uh i guess your career in your best interest as well and and i think like if i was a parent as well like obviously i want my kid to do well but i want them to tell me how they how they want me to support them as well yes exactly yeah but that one's for the parents (laughs) (laughs) that said i do have to give credit to my parents like they have pushed me in certain ways where i didn't want to do certain things Mm. and i still did it and that has worked out really well so like sometimes they do know what's best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, it, and yeah, I guess like they're a lot older and like so I guess age shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, they've been through a lot and they have the life experience, so yeah. it's like have that open mind. Yeah, but and no, them. yeah, exactly, yeah. and respect them. They're your yeah. parents. <laughs> um, but know what's best for you, how you want to be treated, of course. Um, and then obviously take their piece of advice as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you went to primary school in China. Uh, half of it was in Hong Kong. Okay, and yes. And half of it was in Beijing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> How was that? Do you remember your primary school days? <laughs> not really. Not, not really? that much, okay, to be we'll very f- honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fast forward to high school. How was yeah. that one? It was good. I think I was, like, living the dream of, like, being a student athlete, I think. Like, you know, when you're in high school, you <laughs> get to leave class early to go to, like, yes. training or, yes. like, go competition. You're like, see ya! <laughs> like, that was so much fun. But, like, with that came a lot of, like, time management, mm. um, I guess, issues or, like, boundaries and knowing that you have to work for your grades as well. Like, because mm. high school is so important. Like, that sets you up for, well, at least in my opinion, I think it sets you up for where you want to go in the future. And for me, at least, like, I really valued my education and I wanted to do well. So that that would set me up for where I am now. So, like, being able to say, yes, I need to go to training and I want to do all that. And but at the same time saying, I actually also need to study. So I think the toughest part or where I was pulled the most was in my senior year. Do you call it seniors here? <laughs> uh, like VC. Oh, yeah, yeah, VC. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I did IB, so International oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so. Equivalent. I like how you whispered that on the <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me to spell it, though. <laughs> no, you're okay, you're okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, like, that was the toughest part. Like, 
I was captain of all three of my sports, so uh, rugby, basketball, and athletics. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. Like I think with that came a lot of responsibilities. Like I needed to make sure that I was turning up for my team and like showing up and setting a good example. But at the same time, I had to manage my like education as well and like my studies and making sure that those were on top of itself because. I had, because it was an American system, mm-hmm. I had a lot of my friends take the AP system. So, like, that's, like, the VCE, but, like, for the U.S. Yeah. And they are taking the SATs and stuff. But they were also finding themselves where they had early applications. So once they got their, um, like, applications or, like, the acceptances, they were able to say, like, oh, I can just back off my yeah, studies. Yeah, okay. But for IB, like, going it's to the a UK, whole year thing, yeah, yeah, it was a whole year. You just got to keep grinding to the end, you know? Like, there's no winning there. <laughs> um, but, like, I definitely think, like, that has set me up to being able to manage my time really well and, like, finding where or when I need to prioritize certain things and um, what I need to put my energy towards. Yeah, um... Yeah, I can imagine time management would have come very <laughs> early on in your life, uh, especially with, like, all these extracurricular activities because I know so many people who, like, give up part-time jobs yeah. or their sports that they love to do or, like, hobbies on the side. Like, I mm-hmm. gave up piano, but it's, like, mm-hmm. I didn't have to if yeah. I really wanted to, you know? So yeah. what are some, um, so like, words of advice in terms of, like, keeping your passions but also prioritising your grades and social life and, like, yeah. navigating <laughs> your way around sacrifice and, mm. and um, your time well spent? Mm. I think it comes down to knowing what will keep you happy but also keep you sane and keeping you true to yourself because I knew that, like, if I just dropped off all my sports and I didn't do any of that and I just studied I would not be who I am like I would Mm. not be sane (laughs) like I needed the sports in order to help me be motivated and in some ways like because I was so busy that actually helped me become more pro productive you know there's that theory that's out there about like how if you keep filling up your day like the busier are you like get more done because Mm you won't be just stretching out because you have time. Yeah. There's um, obviously, like, a burnout period for that as yes, well. But yeah. just that's, like, an entirely different <laughs> conversation, I think. Like, Yeah. So it was definitely around, like, finding what you like best and being also, like, not lazy and saying, like, oh, I don't uh, – that's okay. Like, I don't need to do that because mm. that's not important. But challenging yourself and saying, I want to do both and I will do both, mm. <laughs> you know, because I think – the socializing aspect like I found a lot of my socializing things through sports and that's where I gained my energy but also like traveling with sports helped me I guess open my mind and like figure like help me with like my own life skills mm. and then the education side is like the foundation where you just gotta you just gotta grind it out yeah know? that's like a non-negotiable yeah sometimes. yeah, yeah definitely um yeah, wow. Uh, what <laughs> would you say? No, no, no. What would you say the main takeaway is in terms of time management? Like, do you mm. use calendar or mm. do you jot things down? Like, how how do you go about managing your everyday life? Me, I would go Google Calendar. Like, I have color coordinated yes, my <laughs> life. <Yes. laughs> that helps a lot, and like reminders help. Um, but yeah, it's like also I think as you grow older as well. Like, at least for me. I found that I'm having to manage a lot of like different stakeholders and mm. also managing my own boundaries and setting those boundaries. Like setting boundaries, I think, is a life skill that 
isn't necessarily taught at school, at least for myself. No but yeah. now you just like there's so many different things happening around the world and like you know yourself best so you need to be able to set those boundaries and say like this is what I need in order to perform the way that you're expecting me to and just being transparent about it. Yeah I love that and and that's like a lesson that I have learned and still trying to learn as well Mm -hmm. it's just like not being um a yes man I guess Yes, yeah. and um just saying yes to every single opportunity like yes it's great to be opportunistic but Mm -hmm. it's like am I going to burn out and face like a lot of tired hours or, or encounters with people um, because I said yes to all these events or am I going to like bail on these people and flake and yeah. then be <laughs> called off like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And let them down as well. Um, did you ever um, go through burnout? Yes. Yeah. I think for me, like the biggest one was probably when I was doing my internship, that was like a full-time job as a consultant and it was a lot. Like, one, it was a new job, new environment. I've never worked with, like, or worked in an environment where there's, like, so many different, like, ages, I guess. And, like, it's the real world. And that was, like, my first real encounter with that. So it was a huge learning curve. But, like, I felt so lucky that I was surrounded by people who was invested in my development and, like, really helped guide me through. But, like, there was... It would be like full days of work and I'd have touch and I'd travel to see my friends on weekends and I'd travel to go to touch um, like competitions and also touch trainings. And then I'd also like fly back home and it was just a lot of moving pieces. So burnout definitely happened. I think for me, I used holidays, mm. <laughs> like my holidays as like a recouping period mm. where I'd just be like... Hibernate. Yeah, I was like, hibernate. I was like, I just need a rest. And I'm more of an in, um, introvert. So, like, I was definitely like, I cannot talk to anyone now. <laughs> I have exhausted all my energy socializing. <laughs> and um, I guess, like, that period would be like, oh, my gosh, I can't even, like, <laughs> begin to imagine how stressful or, like, busy that period was. But um, what was the bounce back like? Like... Were there specific Mm -hmm. steps that you took or people that you saw and spoke Mm -hmm. to? Or, yeah, I guess what was your way of rebounding from that? Mm, I think rebounding from burnout is a lot around. First, for me, like, the steps I took would be, like, one, first, just being by myself and, like, regaining my energy um, and re-energizing, recharging. Yes. The second thing would be surrounding myself with, like, people who are... I'm just comfortable with so like family and like really close friends like that is such a good way to just like such a good stress reliever but also like spending time with them and like being in their presence is just such a blessing as well so giving them time because I was so busy like I think that's really important to Mm. give them the quality time that they deserve as well and spending good time with them and then I think that just kind of sorts everything else. yeah (laughs) love that um what inspired you to do management I guess like Mm -hmm. as a whole um like you had your sports and then Mm -hmm. what made you I guess lean towards the management side of it yeah well I guess with my undergrad being sports management I felt like (laughs) management would be like 
the next step <laughs> like yeah. it's very like such an easy little like jump over yeah. was that always your goal like Not from high really. school no. yeah um so i actually had a huge passion for sports exercise and science okay and i was in high school i was tossing and turning between either going down the physio side or the sports management side mm. but because i was quite young i wasn't sure if i'd really enjoy the physio side of things um so I was like, okay, I'll just go for the sports management. It's very broad. I feel like there's a lot more um, like pathways to that. Mm. So that's why I went down that lane. And now, um, now that I'm here, I feel like management is a great like course to take if you want to understand the complexities or like you enjoy understanding how things work in the world and like how it works in organizations um but also there's so many life skills that you can take from it like you can apply so many different theories but not just like educational based like mm. theory 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 but like lots of little life lessons that you can just grab and use it's so, like how to lead teams how are you gonna interact with people and like how are you leading yourself as well because i think like leadership comes first within yourself and then it comes to leading others so learning about that is like a huge thing for us so yeah, yeah. i love that <laughs> um and i guess moving to melbourne and being stuck i wanted to touch on this mm. but now you said that you were with family because i thought you were, i thought you were alone <laughs> oh i was in england alone <laughs> oh okay fair enough because um yeah i thought you were alone in melbourne but anyway you got here um started of lockdown and then got like okay i guess like I don't know, trapped. Literally trapped. Yeah, yeah. Literally trapped. I, like it. I don't know what I other went words to use. Straight into like ISO. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were doing your masters at this point? No, or so no. I was still doing my undergrad. Oh, okay. Um, so it was like the Easter holiday, and then we still had like the last little bit. So a few mm. assignments I was working on, and then we had like the final exam, which was all done virtually. So luckily there was like there's a huge time difference, but we didn't have any like exam exams like mm. timed exams so that was a big plus for me <laughs> lucky hey yeah um but i think the like the toughest part about that was actually like because i left in such a hurry mm. i've never flown that quickly like my mom was like something's like we should get you back like come over now sooner than expected i was like oh no it's fine like i need to stay because mm. <laughs> one of my um like practicals was graded on participation uh, so like attendance yeah. and i was like i can't leave i'm not losing uh, silly points like this <laughs> she's like no you gotta come you back gotta now come back. in hindsight what what uh are you grateful for your, for your mom yes yes, yes definitely uh, okay. yeah because like it was actually the perfect timing like i was actually at the gym with a friend and he was like i heard that there's gonna be an email sent out that um they're gonna start to move things um online oh, yeah. and i was like okay perfect i called my mom that night and she was like i'm booking a flight and i think it was like a thursday so i left loughborough and went to london to stay with a friend the next morning and i flew <laughs> the next day oh, like uh, that morning i was like it was insane like, and I'm, all your stuff like all my stuff one suitcase i left oh my gosh like, all my stuff was in the uk it was the most hectic time like I cannot tell you how much stress it was, like, so... leaving my room and, like, yeah, 
That would have been crazy. <laughs> the math was worse. <laughs> like, uh, trying to get everything back here yeah. was worse, I'd oh say. Gosh, I can imagine. Um, what was your head... I hate to bring lockdown back up. I just wanted to ask, like, what your headspace was. Um, I guess you had all these opportunities and, mm. and you were, like, playing touch and, mm. and doing everything um, at uni and then you come back and you're just, like, mm. nothing. Yeah. Except for uni. How was that for you? I think, like, obviously the first point I would, would have been shocked. Like, mm. I was, like, wow, like that's it like it's even to now like I'm a bit disappointed in the fact that I didn't get to say bye to a lot of friends mm. like it was so abrupt I think that's the thing I miss the most not having to I having guess, that proper goodbye yeah, yeah. The proper goodbye like it was so quick and um from then on I think I think I bounced back quite quickly because from there like yes I can't dwell on it because what am I gonna do like <laughs> it's happened like I can't change anything so in some ways lockdown or like COVID actually helped me pick the pathway after uni mm. in some sense because I feel like I had a few options and I was like which one do I do which one do I do <laughs> Ooh, and, then so lockdown, many yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then lockdown's like all right I know which one now so yeah. I was like okay let's do this let's just do the master's um it was on the list and let's just go for it and, yeah, yeah amazing <laughs> and future goals and plans where do you see your master's taking you mm. and I guess Tell us a bit about what you've got planned for yourself. Um, Masters-wise, I think it's a huge compliment to what I'm currently doing. And I think from then I either want to go down, I always say like two different paths. Mm. One is like that sports industry side. um, And then the other path is the consulting side. So those are the two paths that I am chipping away at. And we'll see which one comes into (laughs) fruition. Yes. And in terms of future, in terms of sports, I'm currently working towards World Cup. I really, really want to play at World Cup. Um, Having just missed out the last World Cup, now I'm like, I feel like I've developed so much as a player. Mm. I feel like I'm ready for it and I just have to do the right things to set uh, myself up for success in that way. And I think that will come down to a lot of tough decisions in the future. Um, but aside from that, there's a lot of like little passion projects in terms of like wanting to do an Ironman. I've always wanted to do a oh, full wow. Ironman. <laughs> on How my far own. is that? Oh, it's so long. <laughs> do I want to hear the number? Probably not. Eh? <laughs> Probably not. Ironman is like it's Iron like Man. a beefed up triathlon. Yes, yes. Is it? The, the yeah. biggest triathlon yeah. really that yeah. you can do. Um, but I'll start off with the seventy point three. So that's like the half. <laughs> oh Iron yeah, Man. just oh, just seventy point. <laughs> I'll do that. You so people. <laughs> hey, you lift the crazy stuff. I know, so but, oh, that's impressive. But you guys like run so far, swim so far, bike so far. I just don't understand. Anyway, I want to do it because it's such a big challenge in terms of like it's so not what I am accustomed to, and I think like by putting myself through that as like a sprinter, having to shift to that long distance, I think it's a challenge that I want to like go through and that's why I want to do an Ironman is because I want to challenge my body to be able to do that yes um love that yeah so that's why I want to do that and then in between I guess I have plans to maybe do like the around the bay in Melbourne which is a 210k cycle around the bay which will be fun but a lot of people are discouraging that (laughs) (laughs) like oh it's gonna be so painful I was like yes I know like I know my bum's gonna be so sore my back's gonna be so sore (laughs) I'm gonna be so hungry yeah true (laughs) but what makes you like what inspires you to take on these challenges Mm. and and have you always been like that as a kid is my maybe I feel like I guess so like I think like challenges is what 
I think, okay, what challenges me is, or what I enjoy most is the fact that I can try to put myself or like surprise myself in different ways. Like I really want to, the reason why I want to do these things is because I want to see if I'm able to do it and like to work towards something and achieve it, I think is an enormous achievement. But I think it's the journey itself that it's so important because I think even training for that like half marathon it was so out of my comfort zone but I learned so much about myself and I think that's the bigger takeaway for me rather than the end goal because when it happens I feel like I never celebrate it properly which is really bad I'm trying to work on that but it's a lot about the journey for me and like rediscovering myself or finding who I am and really pushing myself and be a stronger person mentally and physically. I think that's what's like really exciting. <laughs> no, I love that so much. Um, Victoria, it's been such an insightful and very inspiring conversation with you. And I've been itching to get you on the podcast. <laughs> I think ever since like we met, I knew you were like such an energetic oh, and yes. outgoing person. I really admire the way you go about things. And I guess you always bring a smile to anyone's face when you come about I really appreciate you driving all the way down here and coming to chat with me Um, yeah it's been an absolute honor to be on your podcast like thank you so much for asking me I feel so special (laughs) (laughs) so you should no I'm joking (laughs) Um, I guess is there anything else that you want to leave to the listeners or Uh, not really Um, yeah just enjoy life do what you love and keep at it (laughs) awesome Um, be sure to follow at life with them podcast on Instagram Uh, rate the show thank you very kindly (laughs) Uh, and thank you Victoria for um, hopping on again I really appreciate it thanks bye bye (laughs) bye